It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies. Happy Saturday. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood right here on KTXW 101 FM and 1120 AM, the Bridge, Austin, Central Texas, Christian Talk. Wow, I am in studio today with two beautiful co-hosts. It's a glorious day. I'm here with Kathy Inderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Marlene. Hi there. Hi, it's great to be with everyone today. It's wonderful to be in studio in beautiful Austin, Texas. I love this time where we still get this fantastic rain, but it's nice and warm. It cools off a little bit in the evenings. I woke Mm -hmm. up this morning Went for a walk. Very proud what? of myself. Way I know. To go. I know that it's not the end of Brock nice way. Job. I know that is the Brinkator way. <laughs> you know, friends, the Brinkators they get up at like five in the morning and no, go no, to no, the gym. Just one Brinkator. Oh, just one Brinkator. Yeah, well, two. I, I should include Logan in that. Yeah, no, not not Ashley. That he is not. He is not <laughs> a morning not. guy. No. Well, the, <laughs> basically, the end of Brocks generally sleep in until about eight a.m., eight thirty, and then. We think about exercising after dinner with a nice, easy walk along the green belt. But this morning I got up, I had a cup of coffee, and I went down for a walk on the beautiful Lake Georgetown. It was so refreshing, and I looked out, and I just saw the the lake, and there was just this nice ripple across the lake as the wind was blowing, and it just reminded me of the Holy Spirit hovering above the waters at Mm. creation, and Mm. so I just got to spend a little bit of time in prayer, started the morning very well. Love it, and you are bright-eyed. That is awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. Hi, Marlene. How are you today? I am good, thank you. And and. Most of my walks, I do I do walk along the river in Georgetown as well, but most of my walks on a daily basis are with my little puppy Teddy. He Aww. is adorable, and, I and say. he's just sort of all over the place. He he has no walking manners at all, <laughs> and half the time I'm going, "Don't knock mommy down, don't knock mommy," down. <laughs> but but it's fun. He's cute. Yeah, he's oh, a little so he's a little fluffy fur ball. Everyone is his friend. Yes, he wants to greet everyone, make them feel very special and loved. That is that that's the best kind. Oh, we have a big dog like that though. He's he's big enough to knock you down. So, <laughs> but he does have very good manners. You know, the bigger you are, probably the better manners you should have, I would think. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, friends, today we are continuing our program that we began last week, Shedding the Stigma of Shame. And I would point you to our archives at Love Talk Network. If you did not catch the first a part of this program, you definitely want to go back there, friends. This topic covers every single person. I think at some point in our lives, we have all experienced guilt or shame from something that we've either done ourselves or words or actions from somebody else that they put on us to make us feel lesser than. And um, boy, we, we, we've been through the ringer. I tell you what, the Kleenex um, have been super handy here with the love <laughs> ladies. Um, and so today we're going to continue that because our Savior wants us to live a redeemed life, friends. He wants us to be free from the guilt and shame um, because he nailed that stuff to the cross, friends. Um, and I know that's easier said than done. Today... Well, last week, we really talked about kind of reasons why this happens, and we're going to review some of those today, Um, but we're really going to get into the heart of the matter today with this beautiful prayer by David as he is confessing sin to his Lord, and as he really begins a path to wholeness after he committed some, some pretty terrible sins. Um, well, and you know, Carrie, I was going to yeah. say one of the things that I loved about last week's program was um, just getting to hear our individual stories about these yeah. experiences that we've had to deal with in our life mm-hmm. and and getting, you know, getting healing, moving past them, have mm-hmm. the Lord deal with them. And I just love the scripture that you've selected to really anchor this program out of Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I think so many times when we're um, just caught in 
in shame that seems like it is covering us and won't get off of us, the place that we need to go is to God's throne. And I would also just put this out there for the church, that if God pours out his grace and his mercy on us, and we are to be his children, that we are to pour out the love and goodness that he pours into us, then we as as children of God, as the church of of uh, Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be pouring out that grace and mercy on others. And um, and I think we just need to be aware of the grace and mercy we've received and just be willing to just to to just extend that to those around us rather than making their position, making their position worse or making light mm-hmm. of it. Um, we need to be the that light of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's so true, Kathy. Um, you know, these these. This guilt, the shame, it can, it can it can just weigh us down. I just want to go ahead and and break down these these definitions for us today of guilt and shame. You know, and we talked about this last week. Guilt is a focus on behavior. It's it's like okay, I did something wrong or bad or maybe I didn't do something that I was supposed to do right, and I say to myself, okay. Oh, I shouldn't have done that, or goodness gracious, I could have handled that disagreement with my husband a little bit better. Oh, I should have called that friend back. We look at that and we go, okay, I did a, I did a bad thing, but I'm not a bad person, All right? Whereas shame says, you did a bad thing and you are a bad person, or shame says, somebody has has said something to you or made you feel like you are lesser than, and so you believe that. I am a bad person. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't do that thing. They're right. I'm just worthless. And it keeps us there. Shame is what keeps us stuck. So we're going to continue to talk about that today. You know, and I think one of the things about shame is that sometimes it's, you know, what you said, Carrie, people can put that on us. I know Mm -hmm. with moms, um, you know, the Bible says that like children are a blessing and they're like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Mm -hmm. And we think about the legacy of our children, but our children as well stumble and make difficult Mm -hmm. decisions and and. Bad, let's mm-hmm. face it, our kids make bad decisions sometimes mm-hmm. and there's, you know, they are, experience the consequence of those decisions. Mm-hmm. And in God's goodness and grace, um, you know, he allows them to go through that to bring about strength and healing in their lives. But I think so often when we have those um, children that are really walking uh, a path that does not glorify God, we have a tendency to go, oh, my gosh, I must be a bad mom. Or maybe there's a comment from a friend that says, well, you should have done this or, you know, you didn't do this or, you know, whatever. And that kind of heaps those hot coals on your head and you feel um, you accept a different identity than the identity that, that God has placed on you. And so I think that we also have to be aware of that and um, uh, and we can't how do you say take on the the shame of others we extend mercy and grace and we help others to walk through those situations um but we have to be maintained as our identity in christ well and i you know something else that i've been thinking about quite a bit lately is if if one of your friends or you know that coworker or maybe somebody in your sunday school class has never really dealt with anything super difficult like maybe they've really never had a situation that they had to navigate that was tricky mm-hmm. um, or where they felt horrible about something they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to be less compassionate than a person who's walked through the fire. That's true. And so, um, you know, we have to be super careful who we share our shame with. Marlene, I think you talked about this last week just a little bit. You know, not everybody deserves or has earned the right. I shouldn't say deserves. Not everybody in our, you know, outer circles has earned the right to come into our pain with us. Mm-hmm. That is true. And and another thing I'd say is that we don't know what other people have experienced. Mm-hmm. And we put this, particularly in a professional world, you know, when you're mm-hmm. when you're out and about and you've got to succeed, you put this mask on, and 
everybody thinks everything's hunky dory in your life mm-hmm. and and you've got it together and you can you can actually uh, be successful in the business world and yet still walk in shame mm-hmm. and you it's almost like a schizophrenic type of personality where mm-hmm. inside you're broken but you still perform mm-hmm. and that's a a way that we hide that shame in many respects. It's a way that we cope with it. It's just being successful in other areas in order to deal, not deal, (laughs) to not deal with the hurt that we have inside. And the other thing is it's, it's one thing to do something wrong and to be ashamed. It's another thing to be told you're worthless all your life. And we, it's easy to point to say, someone who's been sexually abused or or someone who lives under domestic violence Mm -hmm. or a human traffic victim, they have have been pretty much controlled Mm -hmm. to fit into a mold that is not godly. Mm -hmm. And and there's a point where that just becomes their reality. They Mm -hmm. think everybody's there. Mm -hmm. And so they not only can they not outcry because then repercussions come mm-hmm. but they're they just accept that this is the best it gets mm-hmm. and that's not right that what we're here to say that's not God's plan mm-hmm. there is a way out of shame there is a way to cast it off and to walk in his light because the purpose of shame is really to destroy the person God wants us to be mm-hmm. so we need to know we're going to break free it's like a, a chicken coming out of an egg <laughs> and, uh, so. and there's a struggle there when is the a chicken struggle comes out of there, there when that little baby chick comes out. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy because you are, if you're ashamed, if you're living in shame, you're also embarrassed about that shame. Mm-hmm. And so it is not easy to speak up and to outcry. Mm-hmm. And those who get their voice are on the road to recovery, but they have to have a voice. They have to know that that outcry is a legitimate cry. Well, and you know, I think one of the things is bringing that out to the light that mm-hmm. it's, you know, the more we hide shame, the more it eats us up. The more we mm-hmm. keep these things in the darkness, the more it eats us up. I remember years ago, I had this incredible women's ministry director and um, she had four children and her oldest son went off to college and um You know, he just made some bad decisions and started, you know, getting involved with uh, marijuana and uh, just some uh, bad relationships. And she was horrified. She said, how can I continue being a women's ministry director when my children are not, um, you know, loving the Lord and following the Lord? And she was very open about it. She came to the pastor of the church. She came to her leadership team and she said, this is happening. This is what my son is doing. If, if you want me to step down, I completely get it. I, I'm, you know, I'm just horrified. I'm embarrassed. I don't know how this happened. I don't know what I did wrong. And I loved it because the church just came around her and we mm-hmm. said, okay, we're going to pray for your son and we're just going to love on you and we're going to get you through this. And not in a million years would we ever allow you to step down as women's ministry director because mm-hmm. God has gifted you in this area. And so I, I love it when we see the church also coming around and really glorifying God in um, holding each other up. But the first step in that is not keeping things in the dark. I it I that that story just really brightens my world because my um some close friends of ours um and they're they're much older than us. I grew up with their kids. Um they had a child late in life and when he went off to college, same thing. He really made some poor decisions and in fact was um a drug abuser for many years and the parents were so embarrassed. And they were so sad, and it event they didn't tell anyone for a very long time. And then when they did finally mention it, somebody made, you know, some snide remarks and really just heaped coals on their head. And I was so angry about that. I was like, how can people do that? So I want to caution us in both ways, right? It's a, it's a cautionary tale for all of us because we, again, don't, don't know the extent of somebody else's pain. And so, man, and the Lord says, I got you. I'm here for you. And that's what we should model, okay, is coming along beside people to share in that. Oh, friends, when we return to Love Talk, I promise you we're going to get to this prayer 
by David. Um, as we continue discussing today, shedding the stigma of shame with Carrie, Kathy, and Marlene, the love ladies, right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. Thank you, too, as well to all of you who are streaming this show on thebridgeaustin.com. It's just great to have you with us. Well, we are talking this morning, friends, about shame. And this is part two um, in our series. We did part one last Saturday and we are wrapping up this program today. For everyone who missed part one, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and you can go back and pull that. Well, Carrie, I, I love how you have put this together and this is something that I know there's going to be friends out there, listening friends who are saying, yes, I, I am in the midst of this. I, mm-hmm. I am in the midst of shame. I, it is crushing me. It is destroying me. I want to get out of it. Um, and others are just kind of like, hey, I'm I'm dealing with it. I'm I'm managing it. I'm we, man- <laughs> we, you know what, friends, we do not we do not want to manage and deal with our shame. We want to bring it to the light and address it. And Carrie, I love that you have shown when we are trying to deal with or manage it or hide it, there are things that we find ourselves doing. And and um. David hid from his shame, and I was thinking through this, and I'm like, yeah, if I'm feeling guilt or shame and I don't want to deal with it, I'll go watch a good Hallmark movie, you know, (laughs) because instead of feeling what I'm feeling, I want to go feel all the good stuff. From right. the Hallmark movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, friends, we don't want to we don't want to hide from this. And shame also it affects men and women differently. You pointed that out last week, Carrie. I thought that was so incredible. Yeah, the research shows and and a lot of the research I did is from secular psychologists. Um, but the information is incredibly valuable, right? Um the research shows that women and this is no surprise. <laughs> we uh, we turn inward, right? We just turn everything to ourselves. Yeah, right. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And and men, they tend to act out, um, whether it's anger and anger towards themselves, or maybe they're angry at the situation, or their temper becomes a little more volatile. Um, I found that very interesting um, because. You know, when you when you really break that down, it's 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 very sensible. Um, but when you see that outburst or you see something going on with somebody, you might you might take a step back and go, mm, "What's the real reason? You're really yeah. not angry that the bread is burned, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, why? What's really going on?" Well, um, and I, I love Marlene as well in you know in getting to that as well how men and women act differently in processing shame. Sometimes it's hard to identify, like you said, Carrie, what is really going on. And last week you talked, Marlene, about how shame, when we hide our shame, it does corrupt our relationship with God and with others. Absolutely. And as you said, particularly for a female, mm-hmm. uh, we draw inward. We, we, we will do, we'll not talk, we'll become silent. Mm-hmm. We lose our voice, so to speak, to mm-hmm. really assert ourselves. And that's pretty common. Um, you also mentioned a little bit earlier about triggers. There are times when you may be, maybe you're working with somebody who has been living in a, a sense of shame, and then all of a sudden something happens, and, mm. and it looks like it's going well, but something will happen that will trigger mm. that, and they're suddenly gone, mm-hmm. or they revert back to whatever bad habit that they had. Mm. And so we have to be really careful. Uh, I mean, sometimes shame is is a thing that that we can release through God's grace in an instant. But sometimes it's a process. Mm-hmm. And particularly if you've lived in that environment for a long time uh, to where you your, your heart tells you you're not a good person, mm-hmm. um, then it takes a while. It takes a while. It's like onion skin. <laughs> you, know, you pull a layer off and then a new one appears. And Absolutely. you just keep pulling those, those layers off until you're, you're free. And you might need professional help. You might. And, but the, the amazing thing is that God promises us freedom. And that's our goal. And that's our goal for our sisters and our brothers mm-hmm. in the Lord. But it's our goal 
always is to bring them to a place and bring ourselves to a place because we're not free of it either. Mm-hmm. At least I know I'm not. Right. <laughs> Where God can, can like, uh, I love this verse in Isaiah 61, uh, verse 1. It's the second half of the verse, and it says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. Mm. And that's what you're bound when you're in shame. And so God is there to remove that and to set us free. And that's really our goal today is to begin that process for our listeners and ourselves. I, I love that. And, and Carrie, so you pulled, you know, we looked at this story of David last week, how yeah. he got into a place where he had committed adultery and then um, Bathsheba had gotten pregnant. And then in order to hide that, he went and killed her husband, had him murdered, you know, mm-hmm. who was a faithful warrior for David. And um, you said that David, David recorded in Psalm 32, 3 through 5, when I kept silent, that is when he was hiding his shame, when he was hiding his guilt. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand, O Lord, was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And um, so you you pulled forward for us um, carry the actual psalm Mm -hmm. psalm 51 friends you can go there in your bible psalm 51 and you're going to walk us through and we'll discuss together you've kind of broken this down for us how david went to god in a horrible desperate state and came out the other side with words of praise. Well, and I, I want to pause here before I read Psalm 51. You know, David says, I'm going to confess my transgressions. Okay. And he knows that he's forgiven as soon as he confesses those transgressions. Right. Here's the the thing, friends. <laughs> A lot of times we don't forgive ourselves. Yes, that's so true. We don't forgive ourselves. And we keep going back to the Lord, going, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. And and that's great, okay? But he's already forgiven you. When you ask for forgiveness, the very first time for that transgression, he forgave you. He forgave me. He forgave us. Um, and now we have to have the mercy with ourselves and the grace with ourselves to say, okay, I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. And like Marlene was saying, when, when this, when this uh, shame has been heaped upon you, I think that that's even a little bit different. You have to give yourself the, the affirmation that I am good enough to do this. I, I am strong enough to do this. I can have a successful godly relationship, right? I mean, you have to give yourself that permission as well. Okay. All right. Without further ado, here we go. Psalm 51. And this is, of course, David. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. It haunts me day and night against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Clean me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy. I love this verse, y'all. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore in me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. 
Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are a God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. Oh, man, that is... um, that is amazing, and it's beautiful. Okay, Kathy, so take take us here through verses 1 and 2, where David just cries for mercy. You know, I think he went straight to God's throne, and he didn't make any excuses. He just brought everything to the light. He went to his... Um, our verse tells us Hebrews 4:16. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence, mm. so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That is exactly mm. what we see David doing in this. Mm-hmm. And so, when he says, "Have mercy on me, O God," he reminds God, according to your unfailing love. So I love this, that David kind of goes, okay, Lord, remember your unfailing love. (laughs) Okay. So because David speaks truth and and this unfailing love, that is unstoppable love. Mm. That is saying David is acknowledging before God. I know that there is nothing I can do that will stop the love that you have for me. And so I just love that. And friends, it's the same way with us. There is nothing we can do that will stop God's love for us. Mm -hmm. And David also reminds God, have mercy on me according to your great compassion. So God is compassionate. And I love that David is, is saying, this is what I'm pressing into, Lord. I am pressing into your promise of great compassion I am pressing into your promise of unfailing, stoppable love. And David then comes with the big ask, blot out my transgressions. I think David is so crushed by his transgressions. He needs them completely gone, completely gone. He is suffering so much under them. And Carrie, I tell you, I totally get this because for years I watched very scary um, uh, movies and videos, you know, growing up, I had four brothers and they loved horror films and I watched horror films. And in my young twenties, I had horrifically terrible, um, nightmares and it was from all of these things. And I just prayed, I'm like, Lord, I am just forgive me forever watching these. You have to blot out these images. They have to be completely gone. And he did that for me. And I have never watched another horror movie since. Mm-hmm. I, but so completely mm-hmm. gone and and David also says wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin David was ready for that to be gone and friends I would just ask you today are you ready for it to be gone yeah he's crying for mercy yeah he's crying for mercy Marlene in verses three through six David continues this confession and um it's it's literally gorgeous uh take us through this awareness and acknowledgement and acceptance from david well the first thing david says is that he knows his transgression Mm -hmm. and we know it (laughs) we know when we mess up (laughs) that's not a secret and uh, to us even and uh, so god knows all things and he knows our transgressions and David, you know, his sin was always in front of him. He, I mean, it's something that, that hangs on to you until you let it go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's sort of what David is saying in verse 3 is it, is it haunts him day mm-hmm. and night. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been there on occasion where we did something that we felt was so egregious that no one would ever forgive us. And yet that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, it, even if you have a hard time conceptualizing the love of God and his his unfailing love, you know, I think of my mother who who endured so much. I was when I was a teenager, I wasn't very nice to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yet she loved me still. Mm-hmm. And if there was ever a time I needed anything, didn't matter. I would go to her mm-hmm. because she loved me. She mm-hmm. had a mother's love that was. I think unusual, but God's love is a thousand times, a billion times more than that, because mm-hmm. he he let his only son die for us. His only son, he's he had slaughtered in order to receive us in a pure state. Mm-hmm. And so we don't stand on our own merit; we stand on the merit of Jesus. So yeah. you were talking about. David reminding God how faithful he is and, <laughs> and how forgiving he is. 
I remind God when I pray, I stand in Jesus. Yeah. And I know that you honor Jesus. You know, and for Mm. me, verse four, it kind of sets me free when he says against you and you only I have sinned. And you're right in your verdict. You're justified when you judge. I love this because there have been some things that that, you know, where I have either ask the person to forgive me Mm -hmm. and they're like nope or you know they won't return the call they won't you know have there really anything to do and you go okay i i probably deserve that but you just don't so you don't go from there oh i'm gonna go through my whole life unforgiven i'm gonna carry this guilt forever no because david says we sin against god that sin is against god only and so we can go and receive Mm -hmm. that forgiveness with the Lord, and then the Lord can deal with that other person. If yeah. the, if that other person chooses to hold on to bitterness mm-hmm. and hurt, then then he that that is that child in relationship with the Lord that they can work through that relationship. But we can go to the Lord to get rid of of that guilt and shame. There is no guilt and shame that we have to hold on to. We can always go to the Lord in any circumstance. Absolutely. And when you've asked someone for forgiveness and they're not ready, just give it to the Lord. Yes. Don't don't hold on to it. But God does forgive us when we ask with with a pure heart and and uh, we recognize our sin. Um, The other thing is, um, you know, we all are sinners from birth. So we don't we're not better than anybody else and nobody else is better than us. Because in God, we are the same children that he gave his son's life for. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, those things are amazing to me, that we can stand in Jesus before God and be pure and holy. And uh, and he loves us, Mm -hmm. despite who we are. (laughs) Right. You know, despite our own nature, he loves us because of Jesus and Jesus' nature in us. And you know, if if you if you're listening to this, friends, and you've always walked with Jesus, and um, you know, uh, we, and, and you've never had a time where you deeply regretted something, I would just um, you know implore you to have compassion, and you probably already are a very compassionate person because you love the Lord, um, but you know it's. Uh, it's so common for us not to know, like Marlene said, the pain that somebody else is walking through. Well, as we get here to verse seven, verses one, oh, go one, ahead, Marlene. One more thing, because yeah. you, you mentioned earlier that um, we couldn't walk in the Lord without the bumps. I mean, you didn't say it that way. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but but you know, we're going to mess up. Yeah, and often we learn in our mess up. And that's yeah. what verse six says. You taught me in wisdom in a secret place. Oh. You know, it's it's the things that we learn. Uh, and for some reason, I can't quite realize or understand. I keep thinking about my wrist. I, I at one point decided I was going to become a cyclist. And oh. so I bought a bicycle. Nice. First time out. I remember that. I fell over and um, shattered my wrist. So I now have a plate and nine screws in my wrist. I learned that's not my thing. <laughs> but there, there are things that we can walk in the Lord and we'll make a mistake. We'll stumble. But that gives us wisdom to mm-hmm. get up and to avoid that pit hall, pitfall mm-hmm. the next time. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's valuable. Well, along those lines, I was counseling someone earlier this week. Um, and I said, I know you're walking through the fire right now. And it feels horrible. It feels like you're not going to get out on the other side. But I want you to ask yourself, what do you think God is saving you from? Hmm. What, Even though you're walking through this fire, what did he protect you from a year down the road? If you're, if you, he decided right now to say, okay, halt, you're going to go through the fire right now. And maybe it's protecting you from something that could have been far worse than this. And you know, I love that because what how when they do wildlife management, what do they do to protect the forest? They have yeah. little fires. Yeah. That's true. To keep it from all completely burning down. Right? And 
sometimes that's hard to understand, but it is true. Mm-hmm. It's real hard to understand, and it's real hard to walk through that. You know, when you're when you're when you're going through it like this, there you tell yourself there can be nothing worse than this, right? <laughs> But I I often think, okay, and I look back at my life at things, you know, when things ended and I didn't want them to end or when there was something, and I go, oh, Lord. And then I'll look back four or five years later and go, you protected me Mm -hmm. from having to walk through another situation. You protected me. And so I would just say that to encourage you. Um, You know, had David not confessed this sin, what else would have happened? You know, so anyhow, here we go. Verses seven through 15. This is another this is just a it's a continuation of this prayer for cleansing. And then kind of a question to you, listening friends. How do you know when you're healing from the shame? Well, in verse seven, he says, cleanse me so that I can be clean. Wash me because I want to be whiter than snow. He is just asking for the Lord to just take away all this iniquity and, and just all of these stains that he feels like he has. You know, and I want to, I think as well, when he's saying, wash me that I'll be whiter than snow, how dirty and dirt covered must he have felt at that stage? I mean, I he feel. said that he he was, his spirit was being crushed inside him. And I mean, I just think, friends, if you are just feeling dirty and yucky and horrible inside, and you just think, I wish I could go back to a time when I was pure and innocent. God will wash you whiter than snow. You you don't go back. You yeah. go forward. Mm-hmm. It's true. And, you know, people say, well, I I had sex outside of, of marriage or before marriage, right? And I so I'm, te- I'm not a virgin anymore. Well, I tell you what. You know, if that's if if that's what you're wrestling with, the Lord says, look, I'm going to come in and I'm going to cleanse you whiter than snow and let's move forward. Let's move on. And I'm going to help you have those thoughts that are more pure and that are that are godly. And I'm going to help you with that. Friends, nobody else can help you with that. But Jesus, Mm -hmm. nothing. There's no pill you can take. There's no drink you can drink that can wash you clean like the Lord. Um, and I love this verse eight, y'all. I just love this. When we're in the pit of shame, we kind of lose our joy. Um, and as Miss Evelyn always said, joy is Jesus over you. And joy is something that is, um, that we have that is outside of a situation, right? We can experience joy when we're not happy. You know, happiness is dependent on, ooh, somebody brought me a cookie today, right? Like, that makes me happy, right? <laughs> Joy is our 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 willingness to look at Jesus as the head of us. And no matter what situation we're in, we choose to continue focusing our eyes on him. And David says, let me hear joy and gladness. Because I'm sure all he's hearing are those horrible words of the enemy saying, yeah, David, you're a murderer. You're an adulterer. That's all he's hearing. Mm -hmm. Let me hear your joy, your joy, Lord. Um, Let the bones you have crushed. So he's admitting this. I'm crushed. But let these bones rejoice. Mm -hmm. You know, the the Bible, and I don't have the quote, the uh, scripture reference right now, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm -hmm. That is, at one point in my life, extremely meaningful and still is Mm -hmm. today. Because when you have joy, you're strong in God. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what's around you. Um, I actually named my daughter Kara, which is the Greek word for joy, because of that verse. Because, again, you have power when you have joy. So this mm-hmm. is a very um, insightful prayer that David has. That sweet, Let me rejoice. That sweet little verse is out of the book of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. It is chapter 8, verse 10. Friends, go to your Bible, underline that, memorize it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah 8, 10. Mm-hmm. The, the other verse that he uses here is verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, when you come to know the Lord, there's so much joy in that decision because you know you can move forward with through under God's strength. You don't have to do it on your own anymore. And he's saying, please restore that in me. 
Friends, when we return to Love Talk, there's a few more points I want to get to in this beautiful prayer of submission and confession by David, Um, this prayer of restoration. I want you to see how David uses his pain or tells the Lord he's going to use his pain in order to help others. We'll get to that on Love Talk with Carrie, Kathy, and Marlene right after these messages. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, 101.1 FM and 1120 AM. This is Kathy Endebrock. I'm in studio with the beautiful Coach Carrie Brinkader and our wonderful new co-host, Marlene McMichael. We are discussing shame, friends, shedding the stigma of shame. We are in our last segment. It's gone by so fast. We thank you so much for joining us. Well, Carrie, I just really want to wrap up this program And we're looking at Psalm 51 because we see David in this incredibly difficult, um, this just shame storm, the Mm -hmm. shame storm. And it is crushing him. It is zapping his strength. And he goes to the Lord in Psalm 51 and just pours out his heart. He cries for mercy. He confesses. And then we see what God does. God creates, renews, restores, grants, delivers. Mm -hmm. And in response Mm -hmm. to this incredible work of God in David's life, then David turns around and he teaches, he sings, he praises Mm -hmm. What what does he teach? Because he doesn't teach others how to sin, no. well, right? You know, and I think this is super important. And and um, I mentioned this last week. I'm always so refreshed by those who can deliver their shame in a way that helps others. And friends, that's that's when you know you're on the other side of shame. The question that we kind of started that last segment with was. Um, how do you know when you're headed, when you're healing from the shame? I think it's when you can share your story in a way to help someone else. And David says here in verse 13, I will teach my transgress, I will teach transgressor, transgressors your ways. I will teach others your ways, Lord. And he goes on to say, so that sinners will turn back to you. You know, when we're living in this world where we're just so beaten down, um, it's hard to think about even moving forward, let alone sharing it. But that's when we know we're walking through the other side of it. That's not to mean we won't have bad days, right? I mean, that's not to mean we won't have a day where we're like, oh, and we're just Mm -hmm. struggling to move forward. But I think that's when we know, when we're able to share it, when we're able to help someone else. I think that's when we know that we're moving and healing from that shame. I have a a great story. There was this beautiful little babysitter and that used to babysit my three girls, and she went off to college. And uh, she came back one time because she was house-sitting for us, and she says, Mrs. Enderbrock, I just... um, I want to tell you, I made a really bad decision in college. And, and she was, at this point, she was engaged to be married. She goes, you know, I'm I'm just so grateful because God's redeemed it. And she said, but I I got involved with the wrong people in college. And I ended up sleeping with, a, you know, basically not saving myself for my husband, but mm-hmm. sleeping with some boys in college. And she says, if your girls ever get to the place where they want to talk to me, about what happened and why I made, you know, why, how I ended up making that horrible decision, mm-hmm. not just once, but three times and how God has delivered me from mm-hmm. that and all of the the horrible struggle I went through mm-hmm. in that. She said, I would love to talk with your girls mm-hmm. and share with them firsthand my testimony. And I just thought I was, I mean, I was just hugging on her. I'm like, that is amazing because Most college girls, they would just be like hiding it. They would never tell anyone, you know. And so I just loved it. You're right. When you are on the other side of that, you don't want others to go down the path that you went down. You don't you want to just put up danger signs for them and keep them from going down that path. And I think that is David's heart. 
that he says, I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. And hopefully some of them won't go down that path in the first place. That's, that is a beautiful story. You want to put up, it reminds me of those cartoons where they put nails out on the road, right? So the car tires, you know, will pop or whatever. Like she wants to be like, no, 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 don't go down this road. I love that. And what a beautiful man that came along beside her and said, you know what? I love you. Mm-hmm. I have fallen in love with you and who you are today. And you are who you are today because you've done hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful person that can come along the side. And um, the 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 term in the Bible is Azar, E Z A R, and it and it it means it's a Hebrew or Greek word. I'm not sure. Um, a helper mm-hmm. that comes along the side, and that's the word that God actually gave to Eve, um, for her to come along beside and be a helper for mm-hmm. Adam. We all need to be that helper, Mm -hmm. you know, come along beside, walk beside. Um, And that's, man, that is, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Well, Marlene, here in verses 14 and 15, we see David doing what? What's he doing? Well, he's saying, deliver me. Yeah. You know, he was a murderer and he's saying, deliver me from the guilt of that. Um, God, you're my savior. And my tongue will sing your righteousness. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. And again, to me, that speaks of the joy that comes in freedom. Um, In, you know, freedom and fear don't Mm -hmm. coexist. Freedom and shame don't coexist. Joy and shame don't coexist. So when God gets hold of us and and truly delivers us, we can walk in joy and freedom. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Friends, this is a, it's a lot to unpack. I would encourage you. I wanted to go back and talk about some ways that, that we hide. Um, and I want us to look at Ephesians 5, 11, and 13. In, in Ephesians 5, 11, um, it says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. And then it goes on in verse 13 to say, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. You know, when we're doing things that we know we shouldn't do and it's in the darkness, when it gets exposed to the light, it's pretty painful. Think about when your mom used to come in and wake you up in the morning and she'd turn on that light and you're like, no, it's too bright. Right? <laughs> That's how we feel. You feel completely exposed. Um, that's how we move towards healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I challenge you, you know, maybe you're hiding right now. Maybe you're hiding um, in your home. Maybe you don't want to go home. And so you intentionally leave your house and go run busy errands or go do busy things. Maybe you're procrastinating and you're just stuck and you feel like you can't move forward and you're just spinning your wheels. You know you need to pay the bills and you need to take out the trash, but you just can't seem to do it. Maybe you're hiding behind Netflix or Hallmark movies or (laughs) maybe you're hiding behind a false bravado. You act like everything's fine and you have this big personality and you look like you're bulletproof. Maybe you're hiding behind that extroversion and having tons of people around you so you don't have to think about it. You know, for me, when I'm in a guilt cycle or a shame cycle, I just can't move. I tend to um, just hide in introversion. I, you know, kind of shirk off meetings with friends. Um, I just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to put it out there. Um, But this is a beautiful picture, girls, of how we can ask for that mercy and how we can move towards healing. You know, and it comes to mind, um, Vicki Porterfield, she's going to be with us in a couple weeks. She's a good friend of Marlene's, and she used to be the head of the prayer coordinator for some of the passion conferences. And so many times there were youth that would come and say, no, 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 God doesn't want anything to do with me. Mm -hmm. Like, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea the decisions that I've made. You have no idea what my life looks like. 
And friends, that is that's shame talking. That is the enemy in your ear telling you that God wants nothing to do with you, that you're too dirty, you can never get clean. And that is not the truth. That is a lie. And I think the first thing with dealing with shame is that we have to understand what the truth is, that God's love is unfailing and it is unstoppable and his compassion is great. And he loves us. Mm -hmm. And as Marlene was saying, he has made provision for that sin in his son, Jesus Christ. Like there is no sin that's too great that Jesus Christ cannot forgive it and desires to forgive it. And so, friends, we don't want to hide from God. We don't want to hide the shame. We don't want it to destroy our relationships. We want to bring it to the throne of mercy and grace, that throne of unfailing love and receive the mercy and grace and forgiveness that God will pour out over us. And he invites all of us. He invites all of us to receive the mercy that is free. And, you know, it's just an RSVP, like that party that's coming up. You know, he says, We must receive it and respond to that invitation, acknowledging that we have received and accept his personal invitation. The yes, we are acknowledging that we are a sinner and we are unworthy of this invitation, but we need a savior. The V, that we choose victory in Christ that was purchased with the blood of Jesus, friends. He was nailed to that cross. He took every single sin on that cross with him. And then he rose again on the third day and we proclaim it, proclaim God's lordship over our lives. And we accept that freedom that comes with that gift of Jesus Christ. If you have responded to this invitation, we pray that you'd give us a a call or contact us. Kathy, uh, call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. We would love to send you a Bible. Friends, find a church, a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that will love you and just pour love out over you. We've had a great time uh, just with you this beautiful Saturday morning, friends, we just encourage you to go to the throne of grace. We look forward to being with you again next week on Love Talk. We have some fantastic guests lined up for mm-hmm. you this May and June. Friends, mm-hmm. from Coach Carrie Brinkater, Marlene McMichael, I'm Kathy Enderbrock. This is Love Talk. We love being with you each week, and we look forward to being with you next week. We'll see you then.